0: Paintings that are based on traditional embroidered samplers featuring quotes from the letters of New Zealand painter Frances Hodgkins feature in a new exhibition by Gisborne artist Peter Ireland. He's singled out quotes referring to the obstacles she faced as a working artist last century and then laboriously painted them to look like embroidered stitches over close-up images of details from her original paintings. For example, her phrase, life is full of knocks and blows, has a backdrop of a vase of lilies we've got some images on our webpage rnz.co.nz peter says he's been thinking about creating work referencing francis hodgkins for some time
1: the only book in my secondary school library was a 1948 publication called aspects of british art and she had a color plate and it was one of those rather messy childlike works from the war i'd say when she was doing these abandoned farmyards and i suppose that and the fact that she was a new zealander kind of sparked my interest. Then I I was in Wellington in 1969 when her centenary show show came through, and uh, I had a good look at that, and ever since then I've been interested in her work. And I I did a little Frances Hodgkin's work about 20 years ago, and uh, I realized in 2017 I'd never read her book of letters that uh, Linda Gill had put out in 1993. So I bought a copy from RTB's and read it. It took me about a year just to chew it over. And as I went through it, I made a note of all the quotations and um, and I gradually sort of matched up the images, uh, sort of instinctively rather than um, any kind of literal connection. And uh, I, I've still got about 20 to 25 preliminary drawings for more, but I'm going to give uh, poor old Fanny a rest for a while. So, yes, that's the that, that's, that's the, um, the beginnings of this 18-piece this show.
0: Now, you're looking very specifically, I think, at quotes related to how difficult it was to survive as a working artist yeah
1: well i wouldn't necessarily use the past tense there Lynn. <laughs> yeah i well, i mean she had a pretty tough time and it wasn't until the last five or six years of her life that she you know actually was making a living out of out of her um work and you know she never owned a place and she traveled constantly so she um you know, it was a pretty tough life for a woman, particularly during the, the Second World War, you know, when she was holed up in at Court Castle. And, uh, yeah, she she had a tough life. I, I'm always moved by that story that uh, Eardley Knowledge told about finding her sleeping under a bunch of old newspapers for extra warmth. You know, and she was in her mid-70s by then, so it's a pretty strong memory.
0: What was her approach to this? I mean, looking at some of the quotes that you have in these works, it's got life is full of knocks and blows. You know, I mean, no self pity, but no. just that's, that's quite a way with words she had.
1: Oh yes, yeah, she was. She was a good letter writer, particularly um, in her later years when she was writing rather crisply to various dealers. They probably hesitated opening them, wondering what the hell she was going to say to them next. <laughs> she was pretty good at uh, self assessment and. She had a good bunch of friends that she was able she felt able to tell them what she was on her mind, and uh, that's why she wrote such open letters about how she was feeling without any degree of self-pity. She was a very tenacious person and totally committed to her work, and I just find that really, really admirable and inspiring, and that's largely why I've done this group of work.
0: she She's a very strong character, but clearly there were times where she, was almost in despair. I mean, you've got one of the phrases, "a head so black, you know, like she she did persevere um, and she was driven, but clearly there were times where she could have given up.
1: But I think, you know, she was that sort of personality that once she'd written that, she felt much better. She'd never actually give up. I don't think she ever would have, and she never did, so there's the proof. But I think her letter writing was in a way, you know, how we sometimes find it therapeutic to actually write something down and it somehow frees us from it. Well, that's certainly an element in her letter writing. I think strongly.
0: Have you identified with those ups and downs yourself as a as a working oh, I think artist? think everybody does
1: in this line of work. Goodness, you know, it's that's um, just the way it is. You know, unless you were picked up and ruined by success early on, um, it's always a bit difficult. But I mean, after a while, you get, as she said, uh, she gets so much out of doing the work that she hangs in there. You know, and I think that's the experience for a lot of people.
0: Now, with the text that you have selected, these short quotes, you are displaying them in the style of a cross stitch of of embroidery. Why so?
1: I've been doing these sampler works for a long time now. Well, there's over 200 of them now. So it just seemed um, a good idea to use that for her work. And of course, she had a brief period as a textile designer. And it's only in recent years that her textile designs have become more well known. The pub has got a lot of them, and they're terrific. So, you know, it sort of reinforces that connection with her uh, by choosing that sampler format to convey the, the words from her letters.
0: When you are reflecting on the work of an artist, what are the images that you can can use... In terms of the background to the text, because you've got copyright issues, of course. So, what what are you? Right, how yeah. are you? How are you approaching that with these samples?
1: Well, some of them I've copied pretty um, pretty closely, but the fact that they're all in a round format automatically makes them probably escapes any uh, copyright considerations. Um, but a lot of the others are just severely edited. I mean, you wouldn't you can sort of recognise them, but they're, they're not they're not really very connected with the original works. Yeah, as I said before, it was a, it was fairly instinctive decisions which text to line up with which um, images. I couldn't really tell you why uh, I chose one over the other, but they seem to have some kind of fit. Yeah. you so just that, got to follow your nose with things like that. Once <laughs> it starts getting too literal, I think you kind of lose the plot a bit. That,
0: that yeah. quite, that I mentioned before, life is full of knocks and blows. You have yeah. that around... The outside of the circular sampler with a close-up of a vase of flowers, for example?
1: Well, that vase of flowers has been picked out from a group of jugs and vases of flowers, but I just thought I could make the point with using just one element, and I rather like the shape of that brown vase and the little uh, lilies in it, and of course leaving the sides of the tondo free for, so the words would stand out a bit more. That's, that was all part of the, the decision around that one.
0: I started by asking what got you intrigued by Francis Hodgkin's writing. I should also ask you what got you interested in traditional embroidered samplers?
1: As you go and look at the whole history of them, they're incredibly beautiful things and they're very touching things, particularly the ones done by almost invariably young women because it was a way of teaching them how to sew. And I mean, they're just really, really sweet, natured, beautiful things. And of course, because it's craft rather than art, all that nonsense, you know, I think, a lot of them have as much claim to be art as, as a lot of other things. No, I just think they're wonderful human objects, and I, I love them. Oh, no, I'm a great sampler fan from way back.
0: <laughs> Do you Have you bought any? Do you collect them?
1: Oh, I've got a couple. I've got a couple of old ones. They're a bit faded, but I, I've got two. Uh, one's, I think, 1843, and the other one's 1797, I think, yeah.
0: So when you're creating that cross-stitch effect in paint, is it yes. important to you to make it look as accurate as
1: possible? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's a rather laborious business, and we haven't got time to discuss what it's like, but it's, it involves many layers, and it's, it can be actually quite tedious. So yep.
0: what are many tiny strokes for every cross-stitch.
1: You've got to work out where the lettering, lettering's going, and then you uh, lightly pencil it in and then transfer it to the work. And then I've got a, an old paintbrush that I've cut with the, the cross at the end of it. So I dab it in the paint and then dab it on the, the, the paper or canvas. And then I've got to go over it all again with a very fine paintbrush. So it's, uh, there are a lot of, there's a lot of stroking and carrying on involved, but it's worth it, I think. Well, it, otherwise I wouldn't do it.
0: Peter Ireland, The Artist Life, is on at the Rabbit Room in Napier.